Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Something Rotten, Game Query's official Max Payne 3 retrospective. Now, I called it an official one. I, I should say at the very top, it's uh, not official in any, <laughs> by any means. I don't know why I said that. We're not it's official for Game Rockstar. Query. That's true. This is an official Game Query episode. Uh, joining me is my collaborator on this, Jacob Geller. Jacob, how's it going? That's me, Jacob Geller. Uh, hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, I've been unbanned from Twitter, but so far, still in the void, so I literally yeah. don't know anything that's happening in the world. Yeah, what it, what should listeners do if they care about getting you unbanned? Well, f- first of all, go go check out at Jakob G42. Maybe it's back. Maybe they did their job. If not, tweet a Twitter support. Tell him, tell him to unban Jakob G42. Tell him he's a good boy who didn't do anything wrong. I've tweeted at Jakob42 a couple times, and I'm sure the lovely woman who has that account is very, <laughs> is very confused. Jakob42 is like, I guess I'm a YouTuber now? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then we have a special guest here. Uh, new to the Game Query community, uh, freelance extraordinaire, Big rocket ship head on to himself and works in the vice building. AJ Moser <laughs> is here. AJ, how's it going? I, I think some of those things were true. Um, almost none of them actually were. Uh, I'm excited and honored to be invited onto to Game Query, sure. a podcast that requires always a, an, an intense amount of effort and preparation and planning beforehand, uh, as evidenced right. by my, my handwritten notes here and the, the time that I spent yesterday playing through the first six chapters of Max Payne 3. This uh, is you know. perhaps the most preparation you've ever had to do for Game Query episodes. Almost certainly. <laughs> if no, I may be so bold. Five Uva Bowl films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Also, I will say you have prepared a hundred times more than I have because I have zero notes handwritten or otherwise. Mm. So for the, for the uninitiated, if for some reason you're jumping in on the second episode of Something Rotten, this, like I said, is a Max Payne 3 retrospective podcast. It's, it's set up sort of like a book club where, you know, we're not playing the whole game at once. We're playing chunks of it to let the community play along with us if they want to write in any questions or comments or observations or just to keep up with us generally. So the first episode, which you can find in the Game Query feed, covers chapters 1, 2, and 3. And then this episode will cover 4, 5, and 6. And without further ado, let's just hop into it. AJ, I'm curious, because you, you sent me some, some interesting texts about Max Payne 3 yesterday. What sure. is your, I guess, relationship with the Max Payne series, Max Payne 3 specifically? And now that you've revisited it, ostensibly for the first time in the better part of a decade, you know, where was your headspace going back to this game? Yeah, I um, have not played Max Payne 3 since it came out, um, and it's one of those games that has a real foundational uh, place in my memory. Uh, when I first experienced it, it was, you know, I think the the weekend it came out or whatever it was, was like, I, it was my senior year of high school, and I think my parents were out of town or something, and a friend of mine was, was like throwing a party or something, and I remember going out to that party and then deciding, no, I'm going to go home. First, I'm going to go to GameStop. I'm going to get Max Payne 3. I'm going to play through that whole thing in basically one or two extended sittings um really i loved it you know it's 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 a game that i have a great fondness for but then i really haven't played it since even though i've spent a lot of time thinking about it um 
as I was listening to episode one of this here something rotten podcast, I sort of I texted you. I had said, you know, I was having a Pavlovian response to that podcast. Almost everything <laughs> you guys were saying was basically completely lined up with my <laughs> thoughts on the game. You know, I am a big uh, advocate of games that know when to stop that tend to be on the shorter side i think like 10 to 12 hours is pretty much the perfect length for almost yeah. any video game i'm a huge um, third person shooter fan um you know gas up gears of war cut down games like you know uncharted the last of us all my shit all of my boxes were checked by that first episode so i'm ready to just dive into the this this problematic masterpiece of a video yeah. game Hell well yeah when you went back to it, like you said, you were in high school when you first played it. And now, you know, you're like and you're halfway through your 20s. You, what do you think? What are your thoughts on the game now that you've had some time to revisit it? And specifically, if we can start with just just how it feels, because, I mean, you know, Blake is someone who brings this up every episode, basically. But like he said last week that it was like, oh, this did not play as well as I remembered. Whereas yeah. I said, no, it plays exactly as well as I remembered because I played it two months <laughs> ago. Um, but yeah, yeah. Did, like, did it did it control weird? Were you like used to just how the shooting and moving felt? Yeah. So the the first time I played it was on uh, three sixty, and this time I played it on an older PC with a three sixty gamepad. So the sort of like muscle memory of that all felt pretty similar. I think the sort of uh, the game actually looked kind of better than I remembered, and I was actually impressed by how well it was running uh, mm -hmm. here in 2020, how good some of the environments and the character models in particular looked. Um, yeah, the gameplay to me, I think, if anything, has really not aged particularly well, um, just like on its own merits, it would be the gameplay for me. I think we've obviously made some, some huge uh, advances in that regard, and... I was playing on easy with the, you know, sort of aim assist on because I was trying to just get through this. Um, but I did like go back through some of the arcade style levels and like pl play around with the mm -hmm. hardest like permutations for all of those settings and whatnot. Um, and I don't think Rockstar games have a, a tendency to control very well. Um, I don't like Red Dead Redemption 2 very much at all. I think uh, w when Max Payne 3 was still sort of this nebulous idea in my head, I would have said it was my favorite Rockstar game, sight unseen, but I think mm -hmm. actually having gone back to play it, it's more maybe in conversation with Grand Theft Auto 4 for me. And now Grand sure. Theft Auto is also not a series I have a ton of admiration for. Uh, the the two Rockstar games I would say like I capital L like are GTA 4 and Max Payne 3. Um, and I think both of them uh, have aged in a way that is like they are uh, obviously imperfect. The the more I play Max Payne 3 right now, and which is weird because I don't remember feeling this way in 2019 when I actually replayed the game again. I but replaying it for this show, I actually feel like in terms of modern Rockstar games within the last decade or so, even compared to the sluggishness of something like Red Dead Redemption 2, I think Max Payne 3 is probably the. And again, I'm playing on console, so Jacob, I know you have a very different experience, but I no, keep coming go, back go to on, it. it yeah. I really think it's one of the worst-feeling Rockstar games of the past like decade. Granted, in the last decade, they've only put out like four games or something. But it, I cannot get beyond. Max feels like he's like three, like a three hundred pound lead balloon. I have to send through these tight <laughs> cor corridors. He's just crashing into everything. Um, but Jacob, are you still? Yeah, I mean, real hot I will. I will just continue beating this drum that 
I think this game plays best on PC with a keyboard yeah. and mouse, um, mm. which is, I, I know, like, a weird stance to take. And usually for third-person games, like, I'm not... Usually I will play first-person games with my keyboard and mouse and third-person games with a controller, even if I'm playing at my computer, because I, I like holding a controller and stuff. But for this one... For me, it's it's the shooting is so precise and so mm-hmm. demanding that it just really helps to have a mouse and just be able to like <clears throat> click on a dude's head and and knock him out. Um, and I'm not sure. I truly don't know how much is the dozens of hours I've spent with this game, meaning that I know how Max feels on like WASD and how much I actually yeah. like it. Um, there are also there are definitely some situations today where can you do the thing on a controller where you switch shoulders? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that's like that's like borderline required, and it always feels kind of weird to me when you're doing it because there are some mm-hmm. things where it's like it's like you just have to get like a millimeter out of this window so you can shoot the dude without like seven other dudes you know popping you mm-hmm. in the head and that kind of like finagling i feel like just works better on a keyboard um sure. but but also snapping max around i i found was also really difficult like doing that sort of like quick turn you sort of just like are meant to flick uh the the analog stick down and mm-hmm. that was like always stuck for me i was never able to pull one of those off very well yeah i mean it's it's that classic rockstar thing of like they they don't want the character to look weird if you're watching any animation and so when max turns around he will like scoot his feet over in the way that like you would if you were turning around and not the way that we're kind of used to game characters just like pivoting in place um and and I think we can talk about later in this episode maybe how good that feels for the enemies um, because the mm. that kind of like very physical mode of movement is amazing when you're shooting people and like watching how they react. But yeah, w- your own movement definitely feels maybe maybe like you're controlling a, a old washed up drunk. Um, but sure. <laughs> maybe not particularly. I don't. Satisfying. I don't want to give it. Yeah, I don't want to give it the benefit of the doubt to say that that was intentional, <laughs> but it definitely like um, embodies yeah. that feeling of sluggishness. I actually a couple nights ago I watched a video by YouTuber. I think he goes by Race of Oh Race of Yeah, he's got yeah. he's got like a like a million plus view video on Max Payne Three, right? Yeah, so that video actually dives in pretty deep on why the game feels better on mouse and keyboard versus controller. Oh, um, I, didn't that. I wish you said I, that to me 24 hours ago. <laughs> I I am not going to be Play able to... Play it on the trackpad, like, <laughs> I, will, I, I definitely cannot like uh, recite all the technical reasons that he offered in his video, but go look that up. I think it's called Max Payne 3, six years later or something like that. And there are actually videos so, on Max Payne 1 and 2 that I recommend. Yeah, he's a good... Well. He's He's done a retrospective on the whole series and i would i would yeah. recommend all of them they're very good yeah he gets really actually, deep in the controls and i was like oh interesting now i know i'm playing kind of at a deficit here where keyboard and mouse have a better <laughs> experience anyway AJ, what? i had one big gameplay takeaway from this and it sort of feels like this is the most appropriate place to bring it up because it's so in line with the conversations that we were having and the thing that i sort of wrote down here um and this was happening to me right towards the end of chapter five um mm-hmm. so i was i had been playing the game for about three hours at this point and was really in a rhythm with it and the thing that 
came up in my head was that it felt as if I was playing a 3D version of Hotline Miami. Um, I was not having yeah. a very successful time sure. with those enemies yeah. on the docks. And I realized that what I was doing in my mind was like learning through every specific failure and basically building a, a memory map of where enemies would be coming from, like what I would need to prepare for and trying to get through that as if I was playing a song or something. You know that's, what I mean? Um, that's a great point. And I'm yeah. sure if you if you played around with some of the arcade modes, you know there's that New York Minute uh, mode where you have to kill, like every kill gets you time. And so you're mm. running through as fast as possible. And that is absolutely hotline Mm -hmm. miami-esque where it's like you have to memorize enemy locations in that you need to know where they're going to be before they're there hotline miami is also one of the best feeling games on keyboard and mouse i would argue like i can't imagine playing that game not on wasd as Mm -hmm. you say like it's so precise and when you pull something off it feels good and max Payne 3 for me playing on a controller never got to that level of like technical proficiency and i wonder Mm -hmm. if like if I was playing with a keyboard, I might have even even when I you know cleared levels. Yeah, yeah that I I am I am blown away by that analogy because I think it's <laughs> it's so good. But let's I think let's talk about it more when we get to the actual docs part of it because there's some like specific shit with that level um, that that I want to get into. Yeah, so I mean, let's jump into where where the story is. Chapter four picks up, and it, it feels like if you're a Max Payne fan. It feels so good when you realize that you are you're in New Jersey, which I guess I, the first two games I think primarily take place, you know, across the Hudson River or whatever in New York. But like same idea, like you're back on the East Coast with Max and it's snowing and it's fucking nighttime and it just feels so good. To like, mm-hmm. Granted, the scene does not feel good. It is Max Payne indulging in his addiction, but like to kind of like oh shit you know i get to go back and be in this part of the country again with this character it is awesome and things go south so quickly in a way that almost is comical oh it's like it's (laughs) a bizarre and kind of dumb escalation there there are some some mouthy italians that come in and what max (laughs) does is immediately shoots them yeah aj what is speaking of what did you text me about that (laughs) yesterday Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I appreciate that I was asked on this episode sort of as like a as a, as a token perspective, a representative of being <laughs> born in New Jersey as someone who owns multiple tracksuits and currently lives in, in Brooklyn. You know, I, you sort of couldn't have done this episode without inviting me on right. and talking about this chapter. Um there was there's a there's a strange darkness actually to this. I think it's 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 meant in sequence as the game as sort of a moment of brevity to introduce a little humor and sort of like the max pain that you recognize. But a lot of moments sort of stuck out to me as like this is actually a little like this is just as uncomfortable as some of the stuff we're seeing in the Brazil sections. Like it's, um yeah. Max kill Max ends up killing uh I, I think his name is literally Tony, which yikes. The thing I texted you, the question you asked me was I said, Damn, yeah. this game is a racist. You went yup, and I said, Oh, against Italians, I'm on the New <laughs> yeah. Jersey level. He he um, kills Tony Ravioli, Tony son DeMarco. of Mob Boss Calzone Ravioli. <laughs> and and yeah, honestly, and- even even worse than him are his like two cronies who are just like in the background the whole time being like hey what's he saying like <laughs> yeah it's the fucking, fucking guy, italian dudes. it's the italian dudes from the amanda show like they are written <laughs> with the subtlety of a brick it is uh-huh. terrible hoboken's finest um 
but but max like has a has it out with this kid who's the son of like a local it's never really specified politician gangster type who just sort of like it's implied he runs the town i think it's literally stated like hey i'll run my dad runs this town um and and max ends up just shooting this kid because he's harassing um him and him and paolo uh and andy andy then the de- punches a woman he, in the mouth yeah yeah, that's like completely the, forgot about that yeah. you know classic rock star As moment did Max. Of, of <laughs> violence yeah. against women that that's his excuse for it but he really you get the idea that he wanted to cap this kid the whole time um and then the dad basically you know brings down an entire mob army of it and when that character is introduced there's a real he's like he's genuinely hurt he's saying like you killed my son my only boy and you have yeah. to i think you have to look at that moment as like Max is a character who's sort of he's the er video game protagonist right where he's just like super cool cop dead wife dead kid he's mad he's gonna get revenge um and how now he's in this precarious situation because he also like murdered someone's child um it's sort of like the the levels to that did not sit particularly well with me yeah it's a moment that with like any second thought you start to see is almost unnecessary in its violence and like excess in violence because Basically, all that that level serves is some fan service to be like, let's go, let's go to fucking New Jersey and see this shit. But it's like, we need to get Max to Sao Paulo. How are we going to do that? Well, what if he has a run-in with a mob boss or whatever? But then it it's like they're, this game, all the levels in this game are very brief as it is. So it rushes through this moment where Max commits kind of an awful act against this, like, child and it's not like the the kid was a great person you know he hits a woman in the face and everything but there's just an escalation there that is very jarring and already in a violent game it almost feels out mm. of place jacob how do you feel about this yeah i mean it's to me i didn't think it felt out of place because sure. it is it is the game more i mean we just like in yeah. the in the last section we killed a bunch of people in a nightclub like this is just kind of like let's find new and interesting shooting galleries to be in um it does start you know we can talk about the the fetishism or not of being an alcoholic i do love the line i had been in the bar for two hours or five years depending on how you were counting (laughs) i think that's a, a good max line um yeah it's it's weird because Honestly, my my struggle is I really like this level mechanically, and I feel like the setting of the bar is actually a really interesting place to play through, and then, like, the kind of apartments outside it. And so when I get to this level, I'm kind of excited because I know, like, oh, this is one, you know, this is one that I like. For sure. Um, It is weird, and and there are more without—this is ostensibly kind of a spoiler-free podcast, but it's not the last time we encounter— uh tony's dad um and and there's some like weird extra pathos that goes on there and so i think you're right to point out that this is a weirdly human moment that is then expanded on even more and has the same kind of like is this are they taking this seriously or is this Mm. kind of like uh do they think it's funny is is it kind of like playing up this stereotype it's kind of unclear there's a there's a really interesting wrinkle to that sequence. Um, I forget like the exact specifics of it, but Max sort of like mounts off to those kids in the bar, and then the young kid pulls a gun on you, and you're meant to 
to shoot him as you're prompted there you can let that sequence play out and there's like a briefly extended scene where max like gets shot and then the kids have a little dialogue and sort of leave the bar but that really like made me wonder how intentional the sort of um the rhyme between the the tragedies were with the with tony senior and max himself there i guess when i said it felt out of place maybe i misspoke i think just the escalation of those moments weren't handled super well and i'm like you brought up the nightclub level which i get there's enough justification in my dumb brain it's like oh i gotta protect the family but this is like the it's it introduces an annoying character and then immediately jumps to this annoying character will shoot random (laughs) bystanders but then immediately jumps to max will then kill a random bystander it's like a weird escalation of events yeah and i guess the what what's also weird is the immediacy with which more people come and start shooting at you yeah i think it would have been interesting if they gave a little like oh fuck that maybe wasn't a good move let's get out of here and then they're like walking down the street and then some mobsters show up but it's like somehow there's already a dude with a shotgun on the balcony of that bar (laughs) where where you shoot him and then they're just like 30 guys in the basement like time to go they do they do leave and come back well, no, the, okay, the kids leave and come yeah. back. I was, yeah, yeah I was yeah. thinking about, like, some, some space between Max shooting him and whatever. Oh, so, yeah, 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 it's possible that they could have, like, prepped. But it does feel, it feels like Max hit the buzzer to start a Max Payne 3 level. And <laughs> yeah. not that he mm-hmm. shot a dude and now here are, like, the consequences for it. Yeah, so all that said about the the story moments going on here, I will say this level as a gameplay level, probably my favorite in the game. And I think it's one just being something of like fan service for people who played the older Max Payne games. It's like, look, you get to do the thing where you go to the CD apartments and fight in the snow and all this shit. And you get to be in dirty New Jersey. Uh, but another one is just like the level designs are really interesting. Like Max Payne games have, I think one and two both have all had extended sequences where you fight through apartment buildings, but like they look like old games where everything's very square and blocky and like actually getting to go through a Hoboken apartment complex at this fidelity and like understand how the hallways and the different apartments will work as a combat arena. I find very entertaining and then especially the rooftops and the way like because buildings are so close to each other in new jersey and new york like the way you jump from one to the other or there's an excellent set piece where you ride a water tower like across a gap of buildings like this this level is very cool to me and the way they use the set the setting of hoboken that i think is better than basically all the other levels in my opinion that we played so far yeah well one of the things and i I talked about this um a while ago in in the video i did uh called designed for violence which was about like you know video game level design and also real life architecture but like something that rockstar does really well in this game is you don't look at levels and see a bunch of waist high cover in the same way that you do in like gears of war and it and it is usually there like you know there are places to hide but they are really good at making these places feel pretty naturalistic and like the way 
the way apartment hallways kind of curve around and the way that the mm. roofs are kind of like slightly different heights and and so you can kind of hide behind them but it also just seems like this is how the buildings were built really stands out in this level as like in any other game there would just be like 37 air conditioning units on on the <laughs> roof and then you would hide behind those and that yeah. would be your cover and that's not what they do here and it and it makes it even if you're not thinking about it, I think it like it adds a lot of legitimacy to the place. Mm-hmm. AJ, you live in Brooklyn. <laughs> For sure. The, the game has a consistently strong sense of place and everything feels yeah. uh, like, you know, realistically constructed and, and you can sort of see how everything is put together. I love how in that middle section of this level, you're basically going up an apartment building and then going down a destroyed mm-hmm. version of that same apartment building. Now, why that happens actually is a huge problem for me, but we can talk about that a little later. Uh, something that isn't as consistent and, and begins to rear its head here uh, in a way is just the sort of the bottomless and expendable nature of the enemies the game is willing to throw at you. Um, there's yeah. a really there's a really insensitive hand wave towards the end towards the end of a later level where Max says like, "Damn, like we're just killing so many people down here in Brazil." And I think the guy he's with says like, "Oh well, you know how many kids want really nice sneakers or whatever? It's easy to get those guys to sign there, up." Which is there a are big, some a big wild yikes. lines in that level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, but, Dan Hauser, not the most sensitive individual when he <laughs> comes to his scripts and possibly his, his life. <laughs> workplace practices, <laughs> etc. To be fair to the game's credit, that's still happening here in the Hoboken level, where I'm yeah. not going to invoke the uh, the phrase "looter narrative dissonance," but there are so many guys that you are killing, um, yeah. where you're sort of you have to wonder like this is no longer realistic. We've sort of cr- I've I've crossed the threshold in my mind where I'm like this is not uh, for a game that has such like uh, realistically rendered uh, environments and settings and whatnot. Like the the amount of human bodies it's throwing at me to kill is just not. Clicking, uh, I, I will uh, summon the phrase ludonarrative dissonance here. <laughs> I mean, I did it. It, it, is, <laughs> it, is in, it is weird to me. I mean, I get it, I guess, from a gameplay perspective. Like, to make a level, you know, feel like it's justified its time in the player's eyes, you got to throw, like, 300. It's the Uncharted problem, where a level needs a certain amount of enemies to play through. But, like, this game also takes so many steps for... Like, just the feeling of Max to be very realistic, and it comes at the cost of the game feeling good sometimes. Like, you know, Max really has to play through some animations before you can get him to move where you want him to be. And I'm like, I I don't understand why Rockstar didn't just decide to make this more realistic in terms of, like, you're going to kill 10 guys instead of 200 in a one city, city block, you know? I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's. I think that it's, it's a fair criticism to bring up because, unlike Vanquish or even unlike something like Uncharted, which has like really pretty graphics, Uncharted yeah. always makes itself clear that it's, you know, it's a high flying fantasy adventure, and so it, to me, it makes more sense that it's just like infinite goons there for you to kill. And Max does feel so, so down to earth in many ways that it's weird, yeah. but. I mean, the the fact remains, at least for me, that, like, the the pacing of these levels feels super good. And, and mm. like, the, the rate at which you move through them, and sometimes there are groups of, like, two or three people, and that feels really different than if there's a group of, like, seven or eight people. Like, it, it, it does 
I think there is a lot of value to how they've dispersed enemies throughout this level in a way that would be sure. lost if there were more. I think it would have been interesting if we had maybe like a couple levels where where you had very few bad guys, but given given how this game works and given how lethal combat is, like if there're 10 guys, that's potentially 10 times you click a mouse in the entire level. And sure. and I yeah. think that yeah. that this game already does have a problem with you do something and then there's a pretty extended cutscene and then you do something mm-hmm. else and I think I would get frustrated if there was even more cutscene between the 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 shooting which I think feels pretty good. Are you saying you think there are too many cutscenes as it is right now? I I don't think in I think this series of levels is actually very good uh like very yeah. very well paced there were some what was the third level last week the stadium the stadium yeah the stadium i think is way too heavy on the like how many we need like a cutscene for like them opening every door that they go through you know it just seems <laughs> there are a lot of little interstitial just like oh this guy's here now yeah, which which also might be fine if it was my first playthrough maybe this is a symptom of me having played through this game so many times that i just want to get to the gameplay parts of it um Mm -hmm. but i think i I remembered i remembered loving the stadium like that was one of my core memories of max Payne 3 and playing through it yesterday i was like yeah this is uh not as good as i remember it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a bad level it's a real bad level there's I so after Max has a shootout in the bar, th- th- this also introduces how he met Passos. By the way, that's something we failed to mention here. You learn how Max came to be with Passos. He's kind of his like right hand man and Sao Paulo. They 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 run into each other at the bar Max is drinking at, where he'll later have the shootout. You learn that Passos and Max had been at the police academy together, or at least so Passos says. Because uh, Max cannot remember him at all from any <laughs> face in the crowd. Um, and then Passos has his back when Tony Ravioli comes and puts a gun in Max's face. Uh, but those two end up going to Max's apartment complex to try to hide. But then they're they're pursued by the mob or this army of people. And then there is a very interesting character in this apartment complex I want to highlight. So... Uh, oh, I, I'm sure you're referring to my least favorite moment of the game that I played I, through I yesterday. I need one of you to explain this moment to me I because I don't I need both of you to explain it. this moment to me. <laughs> so I don't know. But what happens is Max and Passos are in Max's apartment. And then the the head of, I, I think it's the mafia, but I guess it's not explicit who exactly he is. It's a mafia, if not the mafia. <laughs> right, yeah. I, he shows up and basically... Passos and Max are like, oh shit, there is an army of goons here to kill us. So we need to make our way from Max's apartment to the city streets to find somewhere they can run while things, you know, settle down. Right outside Max's apartment, down the hallway, there's a great moment where you can shoot from his front door. There's like two or three guys you shoot. And then as you run it down the hallway, it's just a barrage of bullets following behind you. It's an amazing moment in that hallway. Uh, But once you round the corner... You run into what appears to be some kind of veteran. Um, he has a name. Yeah, I just I just looked this yeah, up I on know. the wiki, and and what it reveals is even more mind blowing. Well, the, char- okay, the Jacob, character, please take over then. Okay, because I, I'm so, going from memory here. So it's this it's this man named Brewer 
who, to my mind, looks fairly homeless, but is apparently living in one of the apartments in Max's you Max's can go apartment. in his apartment. Yeah, um, and and he kind of he kind of says some lines to Max. Uh, what what does he say? Like not not really anything um, substantial except he kind of. It sounds like religious ravings almost he's talking about like yeah. uh you were born in fire you will be cleansed yeah by fire, and so that sort of. and so then he turns the corner and and there are some more some more bad guys and he t- throws his jacket open shows that he's got a bunch of dynamite on his chest and blows himself up and then it's this huge i mean like several of the next sections you play through are kind of like in this demolished on fire apartment complex here is what i assumed about this I thought that this was a character from Max Payne 1 or 2. Same. I I thought that, like, here's this weird guy who probably fit in more in the kind of, like, a little more absurdist, you know, remedy games, and Rockstar bringing him back in to give some closure and then blowing him up. I looked on the wiki. That is not the case. Uh, He is a new character for this game, and that (laughs) blows my mind. (laughs) <laughs> well, it, it looks like he might be introduced in, I haven't read it, so I don't know what to what capacity, but it looks like he is in the Max Payne 3 prequel comic as well. Sure. Yeah, but so. okay that point zero one percent of us have read. <laughs> I don't, I've been meaning to read it and haven't, but it's written by Sam Lake and Dan Hauser, so it might be okay. pretty good. Oh, the art in it, that is pretty it's cool. Like, yeah, it's an interesting writing team. Here, here's here's my take on this sequence. Um, this is why I fucking hate Rockstar's sense of humor. It is <laughs> much more miss than it is hit for me, and it's sort yeah. of this oh so random, a little offensive, like are you offended? Kind of jabs at like you know there is mm. no there is no target that is too low or too out of bounds for the for the geniuses on the writing team of this particular project and like of course of course there would be a uh potentially mentally uh handicapped uh homeless veteran who does a really epic bomb out on the mobsters who are attacking you down you'd never see that coming right isn't that so fucking quirky and out of nowhere and it's played as this it's it's wielding disinterest in such a way that i can't get on board with it where it's just sort of like oh don't worry about this guy he's only here to like say something really cool and then blow himself up and then you get on with the shooty shoot it was just a strikingly not cool moment for me yeah i i don't think i'm as struck by it as maybe you were but it is a moment that when it plays out i am like this is so unnecessary and even the you can go into his apartment and find his manifesto and look at his walls, which are like covered in newspaper clippings about like cops and all this shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, is it covered it's in, very... in newspaper clippings about Max specifically? Uh, is it? I couldn't tell because I, I was I mean, looking I think at there's them. There's a and... picture of Max from Max Payne Two, like on the okay. wall. Like it's it's a I funny look... kind of like low res. Face. Okay, I looked at him. I guess it just didn't stand out to me that that was Max. But okay. Um, well, here's here's my take on I think what they thought they were doing here is that I think it's this is supposed to be a a potential road that Max could go down. 
you know, Max mm. as as a traumatized man with substance abuse problems living in an apartment in Hoboken, like, could end up kind of as as crazy and rattled as this dude. And and maybe Max doesn't really maybe maybe part of the problem is Max's reaction to it in that he doesn't yeah. really seem to have much of one. Um but I feel like this is supposed to be a kind of motivation for him to like get back out there and start doing something because mm. he doesn't want to end up like this guy. But I don't I, I think that's yeah. both on the nose and not underlined enough <laughs> in a way that I, I don't think is done particularly effectively. I think I could definitely buy that, but also think if that is the case, that sucks because that's like dare level fear mongering, you know, where it's like, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. It's like, come on. But yeah, um, I don't know. It's just a weird moment that I feel like stands out. There, There's some quirky characters throughout the game. There's the guy you can find in the nightclub who's in the bathroom who's like a ex-Denver cop or something, yeah. and he's showing you pictures <laughs> of his family. Like, that stuff reminds me of weird, like, quirky characters you could find in Max Payne 1 and 2, and there's a lineage there with, like, Red Dead and GTA where they're the freaks out in the world. But this one just comes off as this weird, like sidestep that this game doesn't need to take i don't need a unabomber halfway through this level um to, very weird to stuff. me it feels really just like a grand theft auto plot line and kind of yeah, why yeah, yeah. my distaste for that series is that it feels like everything is just like a woohoo like wouldn't this be kind of sure. wacky and and edgy um and and max Payne 3 does a lot of that but I think yeah. this this does stand out. That might be a product of something I actually really like about this game, which is sort of when you're given control, it is to dictate the action and pretty much nothing else. Um, if this was a different kind of game, like you might have the opportunity to have talked to this character and go through some dialogue like options and whatnot and, and mm -hmm. learn a little bit more and get the proper context there. Um, but, you know, Max Payne 3 is only interested in giving you control when it's time to get out there and do the shooting. Um, and so that, like, you know, a, a character like Brewer could maybe <clears> be... Uh, executed more effectively let's say um in a game that gave you the the authority to go out there and, and have conversations with actual npcs like a grand theft auto or like a red dead jacob have you played grand theft auto 4 uh no I, i've played like the first okay. like two hours of it well, aj you brought up that you're a fan of gta 4 even if you're not a fan of gta 5 there is a moment in this level and this is just a quick aside where you, when you finally end up on the rooftops you see uh rock stars you know, 2012 yeah, rendering baby. of New York City. Hell yeah, baby. And man, it just the big apple. a new Liberty City so bad. Because like, well, it's, it's hard going back to GTA 4, but like even the fidelity in those four short years are like night and day for Rockstar. Seeing it in this game, mm -hmm. I was like, fuck. Oh, yeah, no, the, yeah, the graphical difference between yeah. 4 and Max Payne 3 is bananas. And and part of that yeah. is obviously that this is a very linear game where they control oh, exactly sure. where you're looking. But, yeah, it's like the character models, as, as AJ was mentioning in the beginning, is, yeah, they are good now. Um, and, yeah. and I imagine seeing them in 2012 would have been mind-blowing. Um, yeah, seeing seeing that skyline, man, it just... Uh, one thing, if I can, if I can start talking about something that I like, the storytelling-wise, that this does, mm. uh, this this level particularly made me notice. So you know, you're you're in a shootout, 
and the last bullet will do like a bullet time usually it, it follows it or it shows the guy being shot and it does like a slow-mo yeah. kill and i always thought oh that's that's cool and i never really thought more about it but like then it goes from that instantly into a cutscene a lot of times and mm-hmm. that's so it's so little but it's so effective that you don't have to Sometimes you have to, like, walk to a place and then a cutscene starts. But I love how effective it is that it's just, like, this happens and then instantly you're on to the next thing. You don't have to wander around in this, like, arena that you were just shooting people in because it will, as efficiently as possible, get you to that cutscene and then get you to the next place you're playing. And I just, I had never really realized the utility of those little, Mm -hmm. like, bullet time kills until uh until this playthrough i very much agree i really like the delivery of the story in this game i i understand why where people are coming from when they you know criticize the amount of cutscenes in it because there are a lot personally i i don't mind them uh but to a point of aj's earlier where he said this game is very much like Hotline Miami, where you're kind of memorizing the enemy placements. Something like that requires a lot of trial and error, and this game basically lives and dies on the pacing of its story because it is so intertwined with the gameplay that I do not enjoy the trial and error, especially on console, of the gameplay in this game, where, like, depending... There are some combat arenas where it's like, I may need to try four times before I finally figure it out. And then the pacing that it's been, you know, building on with these cutscenes that interrupt the gameplay a lot of times, like it completely destroys that for me. It You definitely benefit by having uh, those load times shortened down. And I remember in my initial yeah. playthrough, like on the 360, this game came on two discs. Um, like it was, it, oh, was right. push, it was pushing the limits of, of the old Xbox 360. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to, to, to like elaborate on that a little bit further, um, something that I really, really respect about this game is that it is not inherently cinematic. And that might sound wrong at first just because of how many cutscenes mm. and how much story there is in here. But what I mean by that is it's not a game that is particularly um, meticulously directed in the way that yeah. we were talking about God of War 2018 is, where it's always telling you where to place your eye and is always like casting you in that direction. Um, the mm. cutscenes in this game are very like scattershot and edited in a way that they will use. Um, someone in the Discord was comparing its presentation to uh, comic book panels. You know, it'll cut through. Yeah. It's very aware of uh, when it is a video game and how it's delivering that story. I love the way too. It'll pull out random phrases of text and put them on screen. That's just a nice mm. little a, a nice little nod. That's sort of like acknowledging the medium in which is being delivered. Um, but as Jacob was saying, with the slow mo shots and the diving and the dodging and the way those will seamlessly blend into the story sequences, it's sort of letting you decide as the player uh, what becomes cinematic, what slows down, mm. what like what connects those threads. We've put all the work into making these these cutscenes and the story segments, but you are sort of like in a in a figurative director's chair where you're figuring out how we get from those sequences to one another and that's something that like very very few games have have uh done in the way that max Payne 3 does here and that's like again why i still i feel like i've talked a lot of uh, i've talked this game down a lot so far on this appearance but i do really (laughs) love this game 
And I mm-hmm. think that's where some of the control awkwardness actually really shines in that respect. Because one of mm-hmm. my favorite things, and I know I talked about this last episode, but I just want to highlight it again, is when you dive you have to make Max get up. And there were several times in that New Jersey section where I dove to the floor and then just stayed laying on the ground, kind of like shooting guys. And I did it because it it kind of felt advantageous, but also it just feels so weirdly in character as this guy who is, even though he's doing action hero shit, is not really an action hero. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the last time I just like laid on the floor not not prone not like a call of duty like i'm stabilizing my barrel but just like because it's a lot of fucking work to get up and if i take (laughs) that time to get up i'm going to get shot so i need to just like stay here and finish the job it's so specific it's such a specific choice and i really really like it I I, I want to call out just the camera work of the cutscenes in this game, which largely, uh, I don't know if it actually is shot on handy cam, but it looks at least like it <laughs> well, is. Well, no, Blake, it's, the- it's, it's digital. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, well, hey, cutscenes are still filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, they still use lenses and different cameras. Uh, but uh, this th- this movie this movie this movie this he game, did it he did yeah, it folks. what does that say about this <laughs> the mask game the like mask has dropped uh, it, it's like the watching a playthrough a- on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right uh it looks like it has the camera work of like a clover field at times like it is all over the place but it kind of amplifies both max is not always kind of being there he's not really stable mentally or physically in this game but also a lot of the franticness of a lot of the moments and i really appreciate that rockstar went with just like this very chaotic candy cam. Yeah, I'm trying basically to all the cutscenes. There are are there any cutscenes that have like what we would call like crane shots or, or helicopter shots or it's like so, sometimes everything. you do. Yeah, when there are like larger groups of enemies, like introductions in particular. Uh, I think when the when the like mobsters are introduced, it's from an overhead perspective. But like again, okay. it's very quick cuts. The game the game is always yeah. jumping. The way it delivers its cutscenes are, are it, usually very quick. It edits. certainly doesn't have any like kind of impossible camera tricks. Like you know, there yeah. there's nothing where they are taking advantage of being in a video game to like zoom through do some kind of like panic room shit or whatever like it's all just like this was a guy standing there if if it was real this this might be some galaxy brain shit but you know the sad fee brothers have not been uh they're like pretty vocal about how much they enjoy video games i would be curious to know their take and or possible if there's any influence by you know rockstar especially like max Payne or three or grand theft auto that they may have taken i don't think it'd be overt or that much but gta 4 for sure i would bet money on that i mean like that has that has big good time energy in some key key moments the camera work of max Payne 3 very much feels like good time and uncut gems esque where some of those hallway sequences and uncut gems yeah you know um, dan hauser would just cream his jeans if he heard that <laughs> <laughs> right but, I, no that's a that's a thing too is that games have a very limited language when they want to be cinematic they sort of ape the tropes of things that are yeah. successful and in the way that like it's gesturing at the best thing you can say about a video game is that it felt like a movie right that is that's mm. a very tired a very sure. tired like bit of criticism and bit of sort of like acclaim for 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 games um 
big budget shooters of Max Payne 3's ilk are defined by their set pieces, by how big and how capital C cinematic they can be. And I think reflecting on it, the sort of like lasting image of Max Payne 3 is the character dual wielding Uzis diving in slow motion in a really tight corridor with this wobbly yeah. camera angle. All of the all of the like defining moments that give Max Payne 3 the legacy it has are what come in between the pre-prepared set pieces. It's not there's no uncharted 2 train sequence for Max Payne 3. That's not the thing that you love about this game. Mm. It is all of the gameplay in between it. <laughs> Moving sure. on to the next level when it tries to do some kind of train it's, sequence it's stuff, not great yeah <laughs> it, it feels feels pretty rough um so when the about, game starts yeah. when the game starts hinting that i'm gonna get on a boat i am not excited i am very anxious i say i uh, do not want to do that <laughs> yeah so do you wanna let's let's go um let's go in the jungle uh yeah. <laughs> let's go to where where is this um where does it take place the something river it starts with a c d- uh, it looks like the Tiete River, according to the um, thing. But sure. this is I only played this it yesterday. Is a, a story jump that I realized in this playthrough, I had no idea why it happened, and I had just never thought about it before. So someone, oh, what do you mean? Like, like, why does Max end up here? Just explain that to me. Oh, he's going to track down Fabiana, who's been taken by the Crusher Preto, and that's. I don't know how he gets intel that they are there. You get the name of the gang in an earlier cutscene, I believe, in the stadium level. Or maybe the second yeah. level. But he's this going like to find Fabiana, first... who's been kidnapped. This is a first sort of time skip you get. Like, he says it's been yeah. a few weeks or something <clears throat> like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or days, maybe. But I don't, she, I don't th- Is she captured in... I, I can't remember the... Um... Uh, the is she captured in the club level? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I for some reason that because, like yeah that they're at the stadium to hand off the money to get her back. That that's right. Sour. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel I feel dumb, but I mean honestly, it's like this. To me, this it feels like Max just ends up in the jungle, and it's yeah. it's very disorienting. <laughs> yeah, it is jarring, especially the way we're playing it, where we ended on a that's time right. skip. So it's like we stopped playing last week, then loaded the game this week, and we had to jump like ten, two years back in time in the story, then jump two weeks ahead of the level before that. Uh, but yeah, he goes to basically, I guess it's the, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but not the paramilitary group we met in chapter three, but the gang that's established in the first two chapters and is also in the the stadium level because you have like three different groups kind of fighting each other and that we are going to the jungle compound as it is for the i think it's pronounced cross i'm not gonna do it um the bad to guys retrieve fabiana bronco i really like this level i don't even mind the boat part even though i think uh it's weirdly paced what the there is one moment of this level though that has eluded me every time i've played this game and it's very early when you encounter the first two enemies, they're like unloading a truck and the game gives you the option to be stealthy. Have you ever killed them? Stealthily? I wanted to talk to you about this. You can get surprisingly far being stealthy, but it is unbelievably difficult. Okay. And it, and it kind I can, of, it like, it doesn't have, make sense. <laughs> go on, go on. 
I was just going to say, I have tried multiple times at the first two enemies of the level, not just this playthrough, in other playthroughs, trying to just kill them without alerting anyone, and I've never been able to find out a way. And yesterday when I was playing it, I was wondering if it's just impossible, if the fucking silence is an illusion. It's not only this one. It's actually several more groups of enemies you can get through silence. But it's it's so... So what this game does is it presents... There are dudes unloading a truck onto a boat, and the truck has, like, a brake that you can shoot out, and it and it rolls down and, like, hits one dude, and, oh. and it seems like that's the way to take them out stealthily, but it's not, because as soon as you shoot the brake, the dude, like, sees you and starts shooting at you, so you actually just have to incredibly quickly shoot both of them, and basically the way that it decides if you maintained stealth is, like does another guy get a shot off and that happens incredibly quickly it's very yeah. weird that they give you almost it it feels to me it feels like a gameplay decision that they kind of played with and then decided they weren't going to focus on but like left it in halfway yeah. Max gets a really neat costume change here where he's like got a tactical, like traditional sort of like, like assassin. Or, he looks he like looks an like action, a, you know, an operator or something. Right? Yeah. I I ditch that silence pistol as soon as I possibly can, just because I'm not interested in Max Payne 3's version of stealth in the same way that I'm not interested in Max <laughs> Payne 3 as a sniping game in that stadium section. I'm like this. This is not what I signed up for, guys. This is not I, what we're here to do. I like this level a lot just because I I think it's it's a cool like middle ground between the very bright and almost open levels that you're in for the first three chapters and new york which is like a lot more claustrophobic there's a lot of interesting corridors but more open arenas here and also just the like rain and the forest is just cool visually but what i think this level does ironically despite the conversation we had earlier where talking about how max just kind of kills this kid in a bar i think this level is what introduces the brutality of max Payne 3 which will definitely come back later in the game because some of they don't really show anything super explicit but just the views you get of fabiana bronco who is being tortured by this group are really fucking hard to look at like, and you're not necessarily seeing her being tortured or beat by this group. You're just seeing her, and she is, like, in really rough shape in a way that is very troubling. And I think indicative of some of these, like, visuals this game will give you later in terms of just the human body being absolutely yeah. destroyed. Did you all, did that sit weird with you all, or is that something you didn't notice? That's something I paid a lot of attention to. I noticed a lot how the game, like, isn't interested in doing wish fulfillment, like, action hero fantasy. Yeah. Um, it elevates Max's competency to such an exaggerated degree and then, like, is very interested in asking, what would the cost of that competency be, right? If Max Payne was yeah. this angry and this good at killing people and getting out of these, like, life or death situations, you talked about the, like, nihilism of this game a little bit last week, mm. and it's sort of like the game is saying to you, like, sure, if this, if he could do this, like, this is what would happen, and he meets a really interesting foil with this group whose name we're not sure how to pronounce but it's sort of like they will go to <laughs> well, i'm sorry the people who are in Commando charge sombra is that the group or is that a different group no it's the crochet prado there's two groups i think the commando sombra is the paramilitary 
All right, go on. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Right, but they, they they'll push against you in the same way, like mm-hmm. that. You you get the sense in the cutscenes here too that Max is like it's very difficult for him on this boat ride uh, to be taking on these guys and tracking down this girl. Like it's not he's not you know a Rambo or whomever your favorite kind of like action hero is this is actually um putting him through a very intense toil i yeah i think this like it's honestly i feel like every level up to this is easy to play it through as if you're like fucking american badass like you're diving off roofs of buildings and doing all this crazy shit and then this one, it's just like, it starts to show how mean this game can mm-hmm. be. Especially because, like, Fabian is only there because Max, like, fucked up and wasn't able to save her. Like, he had multiple opportunities to do that. And it's... You, and then you're hit with another scene, like, in the next level that is just, like, brutal. Like, yeah. I, I forgot how brutal this game is. Especially there's a twist later on in the game that I think cements that brutality and just, like how far they were willing to push just the absolute, I don't know, uh, hostility of this world that yeah, and first struck me in this level. It is, it is worth mentioning that Rockstar seems to use violence against women to sell games sometimes. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that a, a big talking point among kind of the, the like anti- video game crowd was like you can kill hookers in grand theft auto which is like never been you know it's like well technically you can but you can kill anyone in grand theft auto it's not like a mission objective but in this game it like like fabiana's like on the cover of it even though it kind of doesn't look anything like her in-game model like Mm -hmm. being kind of held by some dude like it's it and, and it seems it seems like it is, you know, we're establishing the grittiness of the world and we're doing that by showing how beat up this woman is. Mm. And I think that yeah. it does, it's not out of nowhere. Like, she is an important character to the plot, but it. But it's also, I mean, it, it, this is literally the topic of, like, a, you know, feminist tropes versus video games episode is, like, using violence against women to establish not really anything about the woman, but just that, like, the world is mean. Yeah. Here's something fascinating about that, too, that I uh, realized through my sort of lack of skill with this game is that um, towards the end of this level where you get closer to your enemies and to Fabiana herself, you can actually um, kill her. If you are Mm -hmm. not conscious enough of your gunfire, you can get a fail condition where you shoot her, which is like... Um, it's this, it's, you know, the same content as a Grand Theft Auto game where like, you know, you can kill women, you can incite violence against women. Uh, in the case of Grand Theft Auto, it's sort of you, if some, if you're the wrong kind of person and find out you can go kill the hookers, like that becomes a selling point to the game for you. Uh, Max Payne 3 does not present it in the same way. It's not a, a good thing to be done. It, it gives you like a pretty explicit fail. Yeah, I, uh, I, I do want to be clear. I, I think Fabiana used as like the, the hook to show how cruel this this gang is it's not something i particularly thought was used well it's just like it's a character who who's basically in this game is like we're gonna tell you her name and nothing else about her now we're gonna beat the fucking shit out of mm-hmm. her 
And, and you want to like, save right. her because she's a girl and you're an action hero and yeah. action heroes save like, the girl, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess so. Now, let me let me change topics wildly and ask you, AJ, someone who has some experience with uh, talking about music. I felt like this sure. level was when, I mean, I like the whole soundtrack to this game, but I felt like Big this whips. level let me get on the record. In, in particular, the soundtrack really started popping off. And I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about um, about health and and their work on the soundtrack. I love health. I love their work on the soundtrack. And I honestly think more than anything, uh, why this is the moment where I started to feel like this is Hotline Miami-esque is just because of that groove. It, you're so in the headspace where the music is is circulating. You're going through these same routines and it all feels like that way. I, I busted out, you know, the best pair of headphones I had to play this game yesterday. And like the game <laughs> sounds great. Um, it's sort of, I love the way yeah. that this soundtrack is designed to hide beneath you know gunfire and explosions and whatnot because the gameplay the moment to moment gameplay is so consistently loud and noisy and i think uh you're you're not going to find a better band to do that than health like that's that's one of the most perfect pairings um and i love how consistent that is i think in this level two the game starts to incorporate or the soundtrack specifically starts to incorporate some like uh flares of latin american music you have like really uh mm-hmm. it's 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 mimicking like you know what a stealth game soundtrack might sound like and so you get some of the like the the, the tittering and sort of like the um hushed symbols in some of those early stealth sections and then when it gets really bombastic there especially on the boat ride it's just so like thrilling and keeps the momentum going really well you know it is a long sequence where you're on the boat but it certainly doesn't feel like a long sequence um if, if you're playing it yeah. correctly just because of how like forward <laughs> and fast the whole thing feels well here i just want to i want to share a story about health real quick i mean i'm sure we'll we'll talk about this more okay. but um back when we were allowed outside there was um there was this like big mm. um when max Payne 3 came out yeah <laughs> there was this big electronic <laughs> music festival that happened in durham in my in my hometown and i have this just like uncanny memory of standing on my parents back porch and over the trees wafting came the song tears from max Payne three and i realized that health was actually performing <laughs> like so close to their house and they were playing that song it was just i was like oh Holy this shit. is this is from the video game no you guys don't get this i was trying to explain <laughs> to my parents why it was cool that there was a band playing a video game song nearby <laughs> um but yeah i mm, i really like the soundtrack and and yeah the the boat sequence i guess is basically on rails and so they can score exactly to it you know they know yeah where you're going to be mm. in each beat um and so yeah it really stands out there how do you all feel about that boat sequence because uh, i i feel like it's it's a section maybe a lot of people do not enjoy because of how on rails it is but i kind of like it it's just like a big dumb action my, movie moment that i kind of yeah my enjoy. problem with it isn't it being on rails my problem with it is just that like um the angles at which you're shooting are not the most precise. The enemies are not as clearly defined oh, sure. and visible yeah. as they tend to be. Yeah. Like it's hard to know what you should be shooting at sometimes, especially when like you're zipping past a log bridge that's hanging yeah. above you. And I'm just sort of spraying upwards. And I'm like, I mean, the game didn't stop. So I guess I did my job, but I don't know if I made contact <laughs> at all. I like the moment where the boat 
drives through the house though it looks well that really fucking cool. rules come on every time a boat drives through a house i so love it tight. they do they it's show off so some tight. really good i think uh destruction physics here because there are a couple houses that blow up yeah. and every time they did i was pretty impressed by like what looked like pretty it, it wasn't like there was a cloud of dust and then there was a model of a broken house there, the way that destruction works in a lot of games. It was like you could see the different pieces yeah. going in different directions, and I just, yeah, I thought that was pretty impressive. I just think it's too long. I think it's fine. I think that, oh, sure. that there's yeah. there's a section where um, a bridge blows up in front of you and then you have to turn around and do like a more section of shooting. And I'm like, just just don't blow up that bridge. You know, if that was just kind of like <laughs> mm. where, you know, it's like make that be the climax and then you can still do the whole jump through the house thing. It seems like they just added on like an extra three to four minutes for for whatever reason. And yeah. I, I don't think it was necessary, but I do, I like that they have sections where you, like the feeling of you going really fast and shooting at another boat going really fast, like, through a line of kind of, like, trees and, and vines and stuff is difficult. But it's also mm. just, like, a really interesting visual that I feel like I, I haven't seen much in games. Uh, and I really I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, so I think it's I think it's done about as well as everything else. It just overstays its welcome. Mm. So at the, at the end of that moment, Fabiana gets away with the leader of this gang group. And then we... Uh... We flash forward maybe a day or two in time, and we are at the Bronco headquarters, the uh, the uh, very uh, sleek office that this family family operates out of. And when I got to this moment, I remembered not liking this level, and then I played through it for this, and it is still very frustrating in my opinion. But also, I have changed my mind to this level kind of <laughs> big. Sense. Agree. I really it like is, this level. It uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, it's it's a point in the game i think i think i mentioned it with the stadium which i guess is just going to be a talking point for the rest of this series is just that damn stadium where the gameplay can feel at odds with itself like i was definitely we can get into it maybe in a second but there were definitely moments i was very very frustrated but also like there's just a lot going on in this level that works really well the we we mentioned the level before you know being very brutal and mean this level has a lot of uh brevity to it and it's actually like kind of funny at moments and then it shows you a man with his leg blown off who's like choking to death which is really really horrible but there's a lot going on over the course of the like 20 to 30 minutes you're here that i think works really really well i agree uh i think that um shooting papers is fun and what this level does yes. is you you just shoot through a bunch of cubicles and all of those cubicles have so much shit on them that these like during these gunfights there's just like stuff in the air everywhere and it feels to use the callback that everyone always uses kind of feels like the matrix lobby scene where it's like there's just so much debris <laughs> yeah. like there and and I, it's really fun to just feel like you are just you know completely demolishing this office full of regular old office equipment 
There, uh, there was an old Max Payne one mod that was just the Matrix lobby scene. That was a <laughs> great mod. Uh, I recommend anyone try to dig that up if they can. Uh, second is this game will reward you at some points in that office by a grenade blowing up, but not killing you, and just the greatest particle effects of wood and splinters and glass and paper all at once, shadow like flying around you. It's amazing. Um, I died a ton of times in this level and that's where the frustrations came from there is a weird thing with this game and i guess ammo scarcity i keep running out of ammo and then the enemies in this game are so dangerous that to try to make a dash to find another gun is basically a death wish it's basically just guaranteed that i will die and will have to start over and try to do it without running out of ammo um also the leaps and jumps that Max does in this game with bullet time, they, they're very far. Like, when you do one, like, you, you kind of clear some distance. But the second you hit any geometry, it completely fucks up your jump. Like, you get fall out of bullet time and you kind of crash to the floor. And that's cool. It's realistic. That's how that would actually happen, I guess. You know? Yeah, when you hit something, you stop slow motion. <laughs> that's how it <laughs> exactly if i jumped across my room now the bullet time would stop if i hit the wall uh but for a game it's it, it kind of sucks big shit <laughs> that really annoys me when you know there's i'm contending with like 10 different enemies in a small room how how dangerous any one bullet is already ammo scarcity and then it's now you know making this one mechanic i have that could get me out of a jam be that much more complicated on top of everything else going on and this level in particular i kept having that problem i think like that first office you go to with all the cubicles i want to say that one alone took me like four or five times which again not a level i dislike i like it a lot but i was at my wits end with a few moments of this part of the game yeah this is where it really starts to feel uh incredibly like a video game um you know for all of the dramatic yeah. flair and that sort of cinematic effect i was talking about this is still the sort of thing that is keeping a progress tracker on how many dudes you're shooting in the nuts you know what i mean um the the ammo scarcity plays into that too is it really it, it definitely is below the belt is an achievement i got I that know. popped up during this um oh, uh, you just got to get good blake maybe uh maybe you should focus on where you're shooting those dudes uh, sorry, I'm clicking on foreheads only when I'm playing this <laughs> I, game. I think like in a, <laughs> in, a, in a Breath of the Wild-esque way, you're meant to be just like picking up guns on the fly from people you're killing as you're, as you're moving forward through this. Yeah. Um, to what you were speaking about with the slow motion stuff, I love how the game is willing to put up a wall between max uh and the player i really like how a lot of his dialogue is like narration mm. in a way that is enlightening to you as like a listener you get the sense that you are not embodying max pain you are merely controlling him um sort of directing it as if it was like this is how it always happened um you're just engaging in yeah. the shooting but um that's also speaks to the thing i was talking about with his his like hyper competency and how the game is very aware of that and wants you to be very aware of that um you can do all of these really stylish uh, dodges and dives but you can also just as easily get killed and fail these sequences uh and i do i love how the mm. game is never hesitant to return to that well of just really uh kicking your ass if you get too confident or too cocky I, which i definitely did I, here I guess that's the issue for me is I am never 
certain when this game wants to be Uncharted or Gears of War and when it wants to be Max Payne. And some of to me, it, the entire time it feels very confident in being Max Payne three. Just to like put that there, I don't think it, it walks it toes the line between those two franchises in particular, just because of the time it's coming out. I think very delicately, but mm. it still holds up now in 2020 as a very um, well-defined and self-confident game at least in my view well, i guess the i guess the thing i'm struggling with is going into a combat arena and it taking me a couple tries to figure out okay in this one i need to be more stop and pop versus okay in this one i need to be john woo you know like that's very that's something and maybe that's just on me maybe it's a mix of playing on ps3 and the controls already be kind of being a little shitty like but that's something I'm coming up to a coming up against a lot is not knowing how exactly to tackle a room and me having to die a bunch of times to figure it out, which is like frustrating that's, for me. That's reasonable. Uh, but Jacob, again, I don't. Th- I've yeah, I feel like you probably have the opposite just by nature of playing on mouse and keyboard. There is a weird rhythm you have to get into here, where it's like cover is necessary, but also if you are. Like, stopping and popping is weirdly too risky because usually you are exposing yourself more. Like, to me, I would estimate that I kill 70 to 80% of enemies in bullet time. And usually that bullet time is just, Mm. like, a second long or I'll just, like, activate it, come out or do a jump and then do it. But it's, yeah, it's this very specific rhythm you have to get into where you can't be exposed you can't just be like running towards people kind of doom style um but you also can't stay behind cover because i mean in this level especially it's like those cubicles get blown apart like you know cover is not cover for very long here um and so yeah it's just it's just this very particular rhythm and i will say one place that i think it falls apart is at the end of this level there is just a dude who can take 40 bullets you know when there's a, you you go to the front reception desk and there are some yeah. people that get out of a van and most of them are normal and one of them you can you can literally empty all of your ammo into and he'll be fine and i still don't know how you're supposed to do that effectively like i've played this game so many times and basically the only thing that i've run into is you dual wield your pistols, you unload as much as you possibly can into him, you will get downed by him, but hopefully you have enough pills and enough time that during that you can you can finally knock him out. Oh, the uh, the method I use sucks just as much ass. It uh it's you sit in cover until he has to reload, and when he's reloading you pop out and shoot him in the head only with like an AR. And then you just rinse and repeat like four different times, like trading your entire clips on each other while <laughs> yeah, they're reloading. It, it's it's just Sorry, that it's weird. Really it's like it feels like it has such a good rhythm of just like you know you everyone mm. is fragile, you're fragile, the the enemies are fragile, and then it's just this very bullet spongy dude, but they don't increase your survivability, and so yeah, you just yeah. There there is a moment about five seconds before that dude shows up though that is just one of the coolest moments in the game you're in the lobby of this office building which is just entirely giant glass windows like it's just 
and a jeep full of like four paramilitary dudes drives through the front door and you go into bullet time and shoot them as they're driving at you and, and you're somehow fucking flung shit. And up I don't like seven to eight feet in the air like i don't know how max gets that <laughs> momentum but he gets he gets up there yeah it's fucking awesome i think this level is basically you know we talked in the last episode about how much this game is throwing at you it's introducing all these characters and these groups and these people like in very quick succession this level feels like where the story itself starts to really take off like it's like okay you've met all these people you know who all these players are here's where things really start going because uh the head Bronco, whose first name I'm forgetting, is murdered in the beginning of this. And he's like kind of anchor for a lot of this story. You're working for him. Your whole point in being in Brazil is to be employed by him and protect his family. And then he's capped like at the end of this level. And his entire office is blown up, which I think is a huge wrench in the works of the rest of the story. So like this is the moment I felt most excited to see where the rest of this shit goes because it's finally stopping being like, here's this character, here's this character, here's this character, here's this character. We've we've uh, finished setting them there? up and now we're going to knock them down is basically. That's pretty exactly. much it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there are more there are more characters that end up showing up, but like now it feels like I get to see all the pieces at play for the rest of the game rather than like having to establish all these new elements. Yeah. The first, the first six chapters so far have really jumped around a lot and there's a lot of max talking Mm -hmm. to you being like, this is this character. This is how I feel about them. This is how we met. This is what I'm doing for them. Um, and, and right around, I, I think it actually happens a little earlier, uh, with the time skip in chapter five, but you're starting to get into a more, sequential order of events uh, like we're, we're now telling uh, it's where like the plot really kicks in and we're now telling a story rather than like just introducing all of the elements as you were saying i i do not like when you are working to get out of this burning building I it's do not like it feels very 2012 I, video game i mean it's like i could name yeah. a half dozen games off the top of my head all that came out around that time that all had kind of burning building sequences yeah. I I really hate those sequences, especially when they make you fight in those sequences. It's always feels like too much at once for me. And this game throws like diminishing health if you stand in one place too long. Uh, but I couldn't see through the fire where my enemies were, so I would stop and try to look for them, and then I would suffocate to death. It was it, very frustrating, and then kind of almost on rails itself, where you can only walk in very specific places throughout. Let this me level. let me say uh, a part that I really like fan. about this, which is actually exactly when the explosion happens, and Max Max realizes that there's a bomb under the desk. He runs to the balcony, and it's just such a little thing, but he. You would think that he would just dive off the balcony in kind of action hero thing, but he doesn't. He starts to, like, climb over the railing in this kind of, like, I guess how I would climb over a fence. And then the bomb goes off while he's climbing over the railing, and then he gets kind of thrown to the ground. And I would... I would assume that this game was like extensively mocapped because of how how much money was behind yeah. it. And that feels very much like a this isn't something a real human would do. Like even if there's a bomb, you aren't just going to throw yourself off of like a 25-foot balcony and instead you're going to try <laughs> and lower yourself down. And just the little awkwardness of that moment, 
I think is is just great. Like it's just it's just really nice and kind of cementing there's, him as a person and not just a Terminator. There's a really good moment with the script, like one or two minutes before that, where Max is looking at a picture of Fabiana Bronco. And he's having a monologue to himself, and it's something like, I was planning to save her or whatever. But in that moment, he drops the picture, and yeah, it the stops monologue's his like, inner oh, shit. monologue. <laughs> like, it interrupts them. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool touches, or a uh, lot of really great lines in this level. I like when uh, you're trying to escort an IT guy to get the security system back online and he's like hiding while you're doing the firefights and after a firefight he goes are we dead <laughs> i really I was sad that they killed that kid um, i felt yeah. like that was unnecessary yeah he was he's a good character i like him they they kill so many innocent people i understand killing the bronco guy but like they kill two receptionists for no reason they kill the it guy um but anyway I think, is that a good place to end I think it? that's good. AJ, are you... It's a big cliffhanger. Are you going to continue playing this? There's my question. Or are you, are you like, I played my six chapters, I remember it, I'm good. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I have a considerable amount of free time on my hands right now, so <laughs> I'm gonna. Pl- I'm certainly going to play along and and, li- and continue to listen to this wonderful uh, entertainment product. That wasn't, that wasn't a setup, I was genuinely curious. No, 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 no. I mean, like, I, uh, I was actually shocked that I got my old computer running yesterday and, and was able to install and boot up yeah. max Payne 3 so now that i have the means uh, i might as well see this bad boy through to its conclusion because again i really haven't played it since it came out if you played the next couple chapters on a mouse and keyboard and just just i'll give know, it a shot like you know two sentences in the discord or whatever yeah. like it felt better or it felt <laughs> the same because like i don't know if damn this is i'm all an idiot head. I, yeah. I actually, I have an old gaming laptop myself around here somewhere. I would have to rebuy the game on it, but maybe I'll give it a try, too. Uh, you're going to have to sign um, up for the Rockstar Social Club, Jesus FYI, as I learned Christ. yesterday, yeah. which was oh, far and away the hardest damn. mechanic introduced in Max Payne 3 was getting my Rockstar Social Club login. Well, AJ, the light that's of right. my life. It's an honor to finally talk to you, Blake Hester. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, uh, J- Jacob, I actually don't know what chapters are uh, we doing next week. Yeah, the next, next three. No, we're, we're doing three chapters up until the very last two. Because there are, yeah, there, okay. there are some, what is it? I think there are 14 chapters in the game um, or, or 16 or something. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a slightly uneven number. Um but the okay. the next level that we're doing, uh, oh, the next level, Max goes to Brazil. Big, or he, yeah, he 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 goes he goes in it. Yeah, <laughs> finally. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I actually, I think I'm. St- we, we're stopping the episode. Also, maybe a cutscene or two short. There's a couple of cutscenes at the end of chapter six. I actually want to save until next episode because of a guest we're going to have on. Um, but yeah, so if you want to play along with us. Get up through chapter nine or just watch it. I guess there's plenty of YouTube yeah, videos you could also it. watch. <laughs> it's a good game. That's true. Uh, play it on mouse and keyboard if you have the option, as I uh, I can attest to. Agent, What's up? you know how these shows That's right. End. Where are you at? What are you doing? Plug away. I'm on Twitter.com at Radmir having a, an unsuspended account. It's just great. I can tweet, tweet off whatever nonsense <laughs> I want to. Today I, was, today I was brainstorming the possibility of a Joker-fied Garfield. Just sort of that's an image that came to me early in the morning today. Uh, got some really great responses on that. I love being on Twitter, don't you, Jacob? Um, I don't know, man. We're going to, by the time this one comes out, 
there will be one more episode of the Uva Bowl miniseries podcast and i mean i'm excited for people to hear that i'm also excited to watch movies by a different director for a while um if you if you weren't aware if this is your first time coming to game crew blake and i have a side project of our side project where we are um watching every single video game movie ever made um and we're trucking along the dark days are behind us that's right i'm ready to watch silent hill fuck yeah jacob same question um, well, as said before, my Twitter suspended. Um, I, I saw some things while we were recording this that basically said, as of last week, there's like no one working at Twitter, <laughs> um, that it is an, almost an entirely automated thing. So likely it will still be when this comes out. So go go look at me on YouTube. I'm Jacob Geller. And also, I don't usually plug this, but I do have a Patreon um, where I release videos early and do director's commentaries and, and all sorts of other stuff. And since I don't have a Twitter to share my thoughts, uh, go support me on Patreon because um, having a Twitter is weirdly related to a lot of income. And, and yeah. now that's not happening. So do that. Word. Yeah. Uh, I have been your host, Blake Hester, and I'll tell you what, fitting with this podcast, you go over to Polygon.com, you you find their cover stories, you read the most recent one. I went to Columbia, uh, not recently, I saw some people in the comment sections being like, why did you get on a plane and go to Columbia during a pandemic? I want to stress, this uh, this happened months ago, it took me a while to get the article out, but I went to Columbia and uh, profiled the founder of Angel Studios, which became Rockstar San Diego. Uh, Diego Angel. It was an interesting trip. Diego is a very interesting person who challenged me in a lot of ways as an interviewer and reporter, uh, but I'm very proud of it. And if you're interested in this show, it's just another rock star story out there for you. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. Chapter 7, 8, and 9 next time. If you want to play along with us and you have any questions, comments, concerns, observations, tweet them at game underscore query or email them at gamequerypod at gmail.com. Good night.